Hello out there, we're on the air. Welcome back to the 88 Sats radio channel and welcome to the daily Bitcoin journey. Actionable and logical discussion for Bitcoiners and future Bitcoiners. Welcome YouTube, welcome Rumble. Good morning, Johnny. Got a good one today. I say that a lot, but this is a good one today. We're doing our 2024 predictions for Bitcoin. And I was going to hold off on this. I wasn't going to do this as a live video, but after the big dump this morning, I figured it would be a timely a timely time you might say to do this because it's easy to it's easy to make big predictions when the price is ripping, but when it's crashing, January 3rd, 2024, that's when you do the predictions. So here we are. We're going to start, though, like we usually do with the mempool. Even had it loaded up today. Should give a big happy birthday to Bitcoin as well today, although it wasn't the white paper's anniversary today. 15 years ago today was the first ever uh, block, Bitcoin block that was mined. The Genesis block back in 2009. And since then... There's been 824,166 blocks that have been mined. So what does that mean? And for, I'm going to do a quick explanation here for people. We've talked about this quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. But I still think it's important because there are going to be some new people tuning into this probably, some new Bitcoiners. And I think it's important to kind of explain things a little bit because when I first got into Bitcoin, I did not have that myself and I wish that I would have. So that's kind of the purpose of, of doing stuff like this. So the screen here we're looking at is mempool.space. And this is a, a great resource for anybody who's trying to learn Bitcoin, for one, also anybody who's sending Bitcoin. But kind of the what's happening here is that every time somebody sends a transaction on the Bitcoin layer one network, the main Bitcoin network, it gets put into the mempool. And you can see all these blocks over here on the left side. These are all orange blocks. This is the mempool. So every time somebody sends a transaction, it gets put into this mempool. And until they set a fee high enough, it won't get picked up and confirmed in the block. So basically all these blocks are here that you see on the screen are just a bunch of transactions. So you can click into one block. The mempool has been kind of sketchy in the last couple of days, but it worked, I guess, here. So you can click into this block and this block was mined 16 minutes ago. So this is block 824166, which is the 824,000th block since January 3rd, 2000. And nine. And you can see what makes up this block. You can see the fees that people paid, the total fees that were paid for all the transactions associated with this block, plus the subsidy of 6.25 Bitcoin. So every 10 minutes, a new block is mined on average. And whoever mines that block gets the subsidy of 6.25 Bitcoin plus the fees on all the transactions within that block. So in this case, you can see the miner was Foundry USA. You can see all the different transactions that happen within this block. And then if you scroll down, you can see all 2,900 transactions that make up this block. 
So when you go to send a transaction, it starts out over here in the mempool. And if you set a fee high enough, it gets picked up and put into the blockchain where it will live forever. So that's what we got going on. Happy birthday to the Genesis block 15 years ago today. And to celebrate that, we had a huge price dump this morning. <laughs> so let's look at the metrics here quickly. Fees on the layer one. So with these fees, 62 SAS per V-byte, that means how much people are willing to pay to get their transaction confirmed and put into a block. If you set your fees lower than that, you're not going to get picked up. It's going to stay in the mempool. If you set your fees high enough, it will get picked up by a miner. So this morning, 62 SATs per, per V-byte, the price did dump down to $42,715 US, down from 45000 yesterday. Haven't seen a big dump for a while. I've said dump too many times for sure for one episode this early in the morning. Well, I haven't seen one. I don't remember. I, I, I've been in Bitcoin for about three or four years now. And when I first got into it, this was like almost a weekly thing where it would just crash and crash and crash. And you'd go to buy Bitcoin on like Binance. I think that's what I was using then. And the exchanges would go down because the price was lower than they wanted to be selling their Bitcoin for. So they would just simply shut down the exchange. But I haven't seen that for a while till this morning. So last year at this time, or sorry, last year at this time, January 3rd, 2023, the price of Bitcoin was 16,674 US dollars. And four years ago today, in line with the Bitcoin halving cycle every four years, the price was 7,315 US dollars. And this little green box here says, yes, we have a theory here on the show that if you get through one Bitcoin cycle, four years, you buy Bitcoin, you hold on to it for four years, you're going to come out ahead. That's what has historically been the case. And so we're tracking that here every day. So yes, you bought Bitcoin 2024 years ago, you paid 7,000 bucks. Now it's worth 42,000 bucks. Pretty good return. Sats are on sale today. <laughs> one US dollar will get you 2,346 sats. Price of Bitcoin in Canada here today, $57,030. And one loonie, one Canadian loonie will get you 1,758 sats. So that's our on sale. I did buy a little bit of Bitcoin today. I was planning to buy some Bitcoin today for the anniversary. And I got some sats on sale. Good for me. Do we have any? Oh, yeah. I guess I'll just leave the screen up here. I'll take it down for a sec see my big face so today we're doing predictions i do want to say a couple things before we get going because with headlines like this there's usually some new people watching so the theme of 2024 especially on this show is going to be no second best so what does that mean it means that we're going to be talking about bitcoin only we're not talking about any altcoins bitcoin is the best and there is no second best so we're not going to waste our time talking about anything else. With that, in line with Bitcoin itself, we're also going to be focused on, focused on the best exchange, the best device, and the best wallet to be using for people. And so those three in that order are bull Bitcoin. In Canada, you can buy 
Bitcoin with cash at the post office. And I have done a video on it. I'll leave it in the description below in case we have any new listeners today. But you can buy Bitcoin with cash at the post office, non-KYC, so they don't know that you bought the Bitcoin. Nobody knows except you. Um, and I would be interested to see if anybody is watching now on YouTube Rumble, what's the best U.S. exchange? The best. Not an exchange, but what is the best exchange in the U.S.? And if you're in another country, let me know on here. Maybe I'll do like a special show on the best exchanges across the world. Because the weird thing is that even though I'm in Canada here, I think only like 25% of the listeners are from Canada. Majority are from the U.S., and then we got some from Korea, some from Australia and other parts of the world. So if you're listening to this and you have a go-to exchange in your country, leave it in the comments, please. And we'll do a bit of a, a verification on that. And then we'll do a video on it, maybe. But here in Canada, it is bull Bitcoin. Also here in Canada, there's a great company called CoinKite that makes the cold card device. So it is the best, most secure hardware wallet on the market. I'm not paid by cold card. I'm just a very happy customer of theirs. And I got, I got one right here, actually. They're pretty badass. I mean, if you consider a little calculator looking device to be badass, but they are. And because the, because the screen's so small, you can't do a whole lot on there. So what you want to do is interface that with the Sparrow wallet. So you download the spare wallet on your desktop. You can use the air gap technology that the, that the cold card uses, which means you never have to plug it into the laptop. Most people's laptops have been corrupted already. Every time you go to a website like Amazon, Walmart, porn sites, everybody's tracking you. So you don't want to be plugging your Bitcoin devices into your laptops that you're using for that kind of stuff. So with the cold card, you don't need to never touches the USB drive. And that's what I have to say about that. Bull Bitcoin, cold card, spare wallet, no second best. That's what we're going with for 2024. Good morning, Miles. We got uh, some commentary here. I hate predictions, especially regarding price. Well, you're going to be in for a treat then. River. Thank you, Daniel. And Kraken from Johnny. River, I've heard lots of good things about. I'm an avid listener of Rabbit Hole Recap. They love River on there. And River recently came out with a service that you can actually just send a link through text to somebody with Bitcoin. So once they receive that text, they can open it up, they can receive the Bitcoin. And I think that more and more of that kind of stuff will come as we move along here. Another great comment here in the chat. And I am definitely guilty of this. 2024, the year to stop recommending ShakePay. Probably not wrong. And kind of my thoughts on that, I've talked about it in, in a few episodes now, but ShakePay did have a data leak a couple weeks ago. Even before that, I said I did not love how involved the regulators were and how compliant ShakePay was. It seemed like they were more on team government than team Bitcoin. They do have some very good features within ShakePay, including a way to pay for your everyday life, gas, groceries. The ShakePay Visa has a way to pay for that and you earn sats back. 
So I use that. Am I going to be buying Bitcoin on ShakePay anymore? No. That's why we're talking about bull Bitcoin. No second best. Don't use ShakePay. If you're in Canada, use bull Bitcoin. So yes, agree with that comment. So let's talk about predictions. Everybody loves predictions. And there's a quote I have in my basement. I was going to go and grab it. And I'm not even going to try to say it. But it's basically that you're a fool for trying to make predictions about anything. And so kind of in line with that, that's what we're going to be talking about today a little bit. So I don't know how well you guys will be able to see this or not. This is the what Bitcoin's performance has been for the last since I don't know why I had to look that up. How many years is that? 2011, 12 years. So I guess the first two years aren't on here, but you can see a trend here. 1400%, 186%, 5000% in 2013. That was a big year. 2017 we had another run up of a 1300%. And so you can see what happens here. Bitcoin itself every 4 years the new supply gets chopped in half. So in the first 4 years basically half of Bitcoin's total supply was mined and put into circulation. And every 4 years after that it keeps getting cut in half. So you can notice a trend here. And unfortunately for people watching this, I'm sure who are looking for some sort of price prediction, I am not going to be making one. I think it's foolish to do. I have no idea what Bitcoin is going to do in 2024, 2025. My predictions are that they're going to be in the green. 2023, we saw Bitcoin up 156% from Jan 1 to December 31st. 2024, 2025, I do believe will exceed that, but I have no idea what the price is going to be. However, a couple things I will say there is that, like I said, I do believe it'll be green. 2026 might be red. <laughs> I have no idea. Historically, it looks like the year right before the drop has been the biggest. So that would suggest that 2025 would be a bigger increase. But the thing about Bitcoin is that there is no ceiling on Bitcoin. And the reason that there's no ceiling on Bitcoin is because there's no bottom on our dollar. Our dollar is unlimited. They can print as much as they want to. And we have no idea how much supply is out there. No idea. With Bitcoin, it's a fixed supply. It's a known supply. We know exactly how many Bitcoin there are today. And we know exactly how many Bitcoin there will be 10 years from now. So price to me does not matter. I do believe both these will be green, which I believe is a good thing if you're an investor and only time will tell. So I'm sure people are disappointed with that. That's okay. But I'm not going to leave it. I'm not going to leave you hanging like that. I do have a bunch of reasons here why I think that Bitcoin will be in the greens. And I hope that people pay attention to this because the majority of people who have been paying attention to Bitcoin for the last month, two months, have all kind of been hearing the same thing. And if you look at, sorry, I'll bring this up one more time just to go with this comment. Rick says this is a great chart to show people to help them get it. We have no idea what it's going to do, but 
I mean, history usually at least rhymes, never repeats itself exactly, but it usually rhymes. And so we know what's coming in 2024, 2025. Well, let's talk about some things here. It's a long list. So I'm going to kind of buzz through these as fast as I can. The shows have been a little bit long lately, but we'll see. So if you're here, you're in for a little treat. We're going to be talking about things that I believe are going to help Bitcoin um, get into the green once again this year without talking about the ETF, without talking about the halving, and without talking about the, what was the other one? Hash rate. Because that's all that people have been talking about for the last couple months. And those are going to have huge impacts on Bitcoin itself in terms of the supply, in terms of the demand. These, this list here that I'm going to be talking about has most to do with demand. So if you're familiar with economics, there's supply, there's demand. Why I think Bitcoin is the greatest economic recipe of all time is because the supply over time is going down. That's our bottom denominator. The supply is going down. We can expect the demand based on what we've seen in the past, based on how many people are currently in Bitcoin to increase over time. So growing demand, shrinking supply over the long term, we're going to see lots of green. But let's talk about a few things. And I ended up putting these into, <laughs> I ended up putting these into alphabetical order because I didn't want to have any, you know, out of priority or, or any bias here. So we're going to start at the bottom. And the first one is the 401k. And this is a big one. Because once people in the US especially are able to purchase Bitcoin with their 401ks, with their retirement funds, I think that even if one or two or 3% of people start allocating some to Bitcoin versus zero right now, think about how many payroll remittances, how many companies have pension incentives. And now they're going to see this asset that's gone up 150% in 2023 and on a pretty good pace in 2024. So people are going to be asking for Bitcoin through their 401k. So the demand should increase based off of that. The second one here is Apple. Tim Apple, our favorite guy. I forget who it was. I think it was Trump that called him Tim Apple. By accident or not, I don't know. But it was one of the funniest nicknames I think he's given to anybody. I don't even know his name, actually, his, his real name. Tim Cook? I think it's Tim Cook, but Trump called him Tim Apple. So that's what we're going to run with. But if you think about where Apple, what Apple has done in the past, Apple has never been the innovator. They're smart. They know that the first person, the first company through the door always gets shot. So they're never the first to market. They're always the company that innovates and makes it easy for the general public. Think about anything. Think about the, the laptop, the phone, the iPod. They were never first to market iTunes, but they were the ones who brought it to the mainstream. And we know that Tim Apple has said several years ago now that he owns Bitcoin. So why would he say that? Why would Tim Apple <laughs> say that he owns Bitcoin? I believe that in the next couple of years, Apple will make a huge move in the Bitcoin space with the, the chips 
maybe maybe they'll set up some sort of very micro version of a miner within all the new laptops being made with their m1 their m2 chip i don't know i'm not a tech expert but i do believe that there is huge opportunity there for apple to be involved in bringing bitcoin to the mainstream so that will also increase the demand of bitcoin the next one here is the the brain drain that we're seeing so think about how many people are working in Bitcoin right now. If you've been paying attention to the Bitcoin space at all, you know how many intelligent, ultra intelligent people are working on Bitcoin, building on Bitcoin. And think about how many people are here now without a whole lot of capital incentives to be here. The majority of these people have been doing things basically out of the goodness of their heart. Bitcoin has basically been bootstrapped without any sort of VC funding. There's been no marketing there's been no incentives to hire the smartest people in the world but they're working on bitcoin now imagine what happens when there are incentives financial incentives for people companies willing to pay these nerds these tech people to build on bitcoin and as that happens as more and more capital as more and more this of this intelligence flows into bitcoin that makes the old system much weaker and I think that there's more to that than people really understand. The next one here, that's also going to increase demand because the better things that are built on Bitcoin, the easier it becomes for people, the more and more people that will get into Bitcoin, increasing the demand. The next one here is employees who are requesting to be paid in Bitcoin. So I mentioned this on the show yesterday. I said 2024 is going to be the year to start asking your boss, your employer, to be paid in Bitcoin. And they're probably gonna say no. They're probably gonna look at you like you're a dummy, but that doesn't matter. The first touch point has to happen. Ask your boss and once companies start getting these requests, they're gonna start looking into Bitcoin a little bit. Maybe start holding some on their reserves, maybe providing some incentives to their employees. Um, if you think about what Mike, Michael Saylor is doing with micro, micro strategy, he's setting up websites, software that actually pay people in sats for showing up to meetings on time. So as more and more employees are requesting to be paid, to be incentivized in Bitcoin, that's going to grow the demand as well for people wanting to buy Bitcoin. Next one here is government printing. So we saw yesterday that the US national debt reached 34 trillion, the highest it's ever been. And I think that the majority of people really underestimate what $34 trillion is. Just because between 1 million and 1 trillion is a couple letters. But if you look at a graphic, and I, I watched a really crazy video yesterday showing the difference between 1 million and 1 trillion, and if you times that by 34 again, 34 trillion, there's just no way for these governments to ever get out of this debt spiral that they're in. And so what's going to happen there is they're going to keep printing money to try to pay off their debt. And while this is happening in the background, more and more people are starting to leave that system. There's less income tax rolling into the system. People are more unhealthy. There's more what's it called requirements, uh, liabilities in terms of 
Medicare, healthcare, all this kind of stuff. It's adding up for them the debt and less is coming in. They're going to be forced to print more money. And every time the government prints another dollar, another billion, another trillion, the value of Bitcoin goes up. So that's the next one. Um, running down the list, we're going at a good pace here, is Noster. And I think the majority of people, even Bitcoiners, are sleeping on Noster. And there is a lot of exciting things being built on Noster. But what I'm talking about here is that people are going to start looking for alternatives to YouTube, to Instagram, Twitter. And as these people look for these alternatives, they're going to find Noster. And I've been on Noster for close to a year now. And from talking to people on there, it sounds like a lot of people on Noster had their first touch point with Bitcoin because of Noster. So with Noster, you can basically send and receive Bitcoin through Lightning within the app. So if you like somebody's post that they make, instead of just liking it or sharing it or reposting it, you can actually send them sats, send them Bitcoin. And if you have a post that other people like, they can send you Bitcoin. So a lot of people who come to Noster are there because of the it's censorship resistant aspect of it. But through that, they're getting their very first touch point. They're earning their first sats. Maybe they're loading some on, but they're buying Bitcoin and they're in the network now because of Noster. The next one here is Bitcoin's reputation. And this is a big one. Because for the last 15 years, think about, think about the reputation that Bitcoin has right now or had up until the last couple months. We've had 15 years of governments, media, altcoiners, basically shitting on Bitcoin constantly. People who have never spent more than five or 10 minutes learning about Bitcoin, because it's such a threat to their system, they've just been throwing fud at it over and over and over again. And so now that now that we have these big institutions coming into it, that brings a ton of marketing money. And even in the last couple of weeks, we've seen three or four different institutions come out with these marketing ads for Bitcoin, which has never happened before. People, people are busy. And so they don't really have a whole lot of time to be educating themselves on money, on economics, on Bitcoin. And so even if they say that they're not paying attention to the news, to the media, they still get all this information inherently, subconsciously about Bitcoin. And the majority of that information has been negative until 2024. I think the reputation of Bitcoin because of the institutions of the marketing campaigns, of the media, CNBCs, everybody's talking about Bitcoin in a positive way for the first time ever. And so now when people hear the word Bitcoin, that might change the way they think about it. Because if you, if you stop and think about yourself or your friends and your family, most people, as soon as they hear the word Bitcoin, their brain just shuts off. And the reason for that is because of the reputation that it has and the reputation that the media and the government have put onto Bitcoin. 
So without them even knowing it, they have this negative spin on Bitcoin because of the information that they've inherently accumulated through the years. And the crazy thing about that was it was money going into that as well. It was negative marketing money by the World Economic Forum, by the governments, by the big banks, because they don't they didn't want Bitcoin to succeed. It's a major threat to their system. But finally, with the marketing money, with these big institutions coming in, maybe people will start seeing Bitcoin in a different light. That's the hope. So the next one here is roundabout ways. And some people might know what I'm talking about there. Some people might not. But there was this older gentleman 40 years ago. He was talking about a money that was needed. Instead of fighting the government, instead of going to war with the government, all we had to do was find a roundabout way to go around them. And I believe that's what Bitcoin is. And that's how a lot of people view it as well. And so uh, in the last couple of months to a year, I've heard of a few different things. I'm going to talk about them of this happening here. So one is a TV service. You know, those boxes that people have now, people aren't buying cable news. They're not buying satellites. They're buying these little boxes, streaming devices that hook up to their TV. And there, there is a company here locally that sells them. And they sell the monthly membership fee to that. And they only accept Bitcoin. So if you want to have this TV service, if you want to be involved in that, you have to go through the process of buying Bitcoin. And I think that more and more of these services are going to pop up where companies only accept Bitcoin because the cash is just, they don't love it. So that's already happening. There's also a few things like, there's a, within my group of friends, within my group of network, I know a few people who are in this little community of, of people who aren't even Bitcoiners, but they're, they're involved with somebody who's selling a product. It's actually food, but they, if they pay in Bitcoin, they get like a 50% discount on it because the, the supplier here, the seller of this food only wants Bitcoin. So his incentives are 50% on the dollar. So I, I would say that that's enough of an incentive for people if they want this product, whatever this person is selling. I don't want to out anybody here. That's why I'm talking in code. But what they have to do there is buy Bitcoin and send it to the business owner. And I think that more and more people, as we move as we move along here, and as Bitcoin becomes more and more accepted and valuable compared to the, the dollar, there will be more businesses who are offering huge incentives, huge discounts for people who are willing to pay in Bitcoin. So that creates more and more demand because people are needing it to purchase things that they want or need. The next one here, we only got four left. Sorry, I'm trying to buzz through these as fast as possible. I'm doing a pretty good job. We're only at 30 minutes. Should take a little bit of a calm down here, though. The next one here, we're moving into the T's. So the tools around Bitcoin are getting easier. We talked about Apple, how they kind of make everything very easy to use for the mainstream. 
But if you look at even right now compared to last year or two or three years ago, it's so much easier for people to get into Bitcoin. When I first got into Bitcoin, and it wasn't even that long ago, four years ago, on Binance, what you had to do was you had to buy USDT. You had to send somebody an e-transfer, a complete stranger. You had to send them an e-transfer. You had to buy USDT, which is like Tether. Then you went on to Binance with that USDT and you had to buy Bitcoin with that. So it's it's much. <laughs> and the crazy thing there is that you send an e-transfer to somebody and until they actually released that those funds, you couldn't access them. So I had a couple instances where the price was dropping down like one or two in the morning. I was up and the price of Bitcoin was crashing. And so I tried to buy some Bitcoin. I sent an e-transfer to this guy. It was a couple thousand bucks and he fell asleep. So he put his USDT up for sale. I had to send him an e-transfer for that USDT and he fell asleep on me. So I had two or 3000 bucks floating to a complete stranger on Binance. And it wasn't until I woke up and he woke up that he actually released those funds and I was able to buy Bitcoin. So there's way more uncertainty at that point. It was much more sketchy to be buying Bitcoin, but that's when the price was like 12 or 13,000 bucks. So as it becomes easier, more accessible to people, more and more people can buy it. The price obviously will go up. Bitcoin is the only asset other than land that is scarce and fixed. And so I think people are really underestimating the impact of a growing demand versus a shrinking supply. It's just not what we're used to. It's something that we've never seen before in history. And so the tools are getting easier for people as it gets easier, as we have companies like Apple coming in, as we have more capital flowing into Bitcoin, more financial incentives for people to be building on top of Bitcoin, that will be huge for getting new people in. We are in the pioneer days of Bitcoin, whether people want to believe that or not, we're 15 years into this today, 15 years. Even the internet itself took about 30 years to be fully mainstream. I do think that we're moving at a quicker pace because of everything else that's happening in terms of the dollar, in terms of the bond market, in terms of the stock market, real estate. I do think that this will be faster, but we are in the very early days of Bitcoin. And many people, especially Bitcoiners who have been around for a while, really fail to realize that. And people still think that they're too late to Bitcoin just because the price is 40,000 bucks. And with that, I was going to talk about this at the end, but we might as well do it right now. Sats will be the standard. This is a comment here in the chat from Miles. Sats will be the standard. Dollar price will be an added premium on top. I do agree with that. I also think that we need to be changing our mindset here, our mentality around Bitcoin. Because I do believe that there will be a day when Bitcoin, without putting a timeline on this, hopefully nobody gets too freaked out by this, but I do believe that there will be a day when Bitcoin gets to $100 million. And when that happens, one sat is going to equal $1. And I don't think it's as far away as people think. For one, no timeline there. 
but I do think there will be a day when we see a hundred million dollar Bitcoin. And when that day comes, what's going to happen? We're not going to be talking about a hundred million dollar price point. It's not going to be a hundred. You know how many zeros would be, especially if it got to a billion or a trillion. No, we're going to go back to sats. And so essentially at that point, I think that that'll be the tipping point where we stop calling it Bitcoin and we start calling it sats. It might happen well before that, but for sure, when one sat equals $1, we're going to start pricing things in sats instead of Bitcoin. People won't even be able to comprehend how much one Bitcoin is worth at that point. So there's a prediction for you, for those who stuck around. <laughs> Next one here. Twitter. I do believe that Twitter, Elon, will impl implement some sort of Bitcoin into their application. But, uh, Elon wants to be X, the everything app. He wants to have the ability to make payments within Twitter. Although I don't love the idea, I'm not sure how KYC focused he will be with that. If he does have Bitcoin, if he does have Lightning implemented within that X wallet, Think about how many people will be introduced to Bitcoin without without even knowing it. And they'll, they'll be able to flip their dollars into Bitcoin, store it within their Twitter app. And maybe you'll be able to send that to people for liking their posts, similar to Nostra right now. And ideally, Twitter would go completely open source. It might start running on relays. It might start using Nostra protocol. I do think that's wishing a little bit. But... I do believe that Elon has a plan for Twitter, Bitcoin, Lightning, and think about how many people will be using uh, Bitcoin if that's the case. Proof of key is great advice. Get your Bitcoin off of the exchanges. Otherwise, it's not yours. And get your Bitcoin off of Twitter too. If Twitter starts using Bitcoin, don't leave it on Twitter. Set up your own Phoenix wallet, send Bitcoin to Twitter as needed. Never leave it on a custody, custodial account. New words being invented here on the show. Next one here. And I think that this is my biggest one here outside of the reputation aspect of it. But the video game industry. Wait until the video game industry starts implementing sats into their games. Think about a scenario, you're playing Call of Duty, you're playing NHL 2000, whatever year it is, 2024. I don't play video games. I still have a PS3, <laughs> but I have an N64 as well. But think about how many people play video games. Call of Duty, Fortnite, NHL, NFL, whatever. Imagine if you could gamble within each game. So if you lose the game, the winner of that game gets sats. Or you want to buy a new hockey stick for your player on NHL 2024. You pay sats. Instead of everything going through the legacy, Apple, you have to buy a gift card, all that bullshit. Think about it. If, you, if you're really good at NHL, and I, I don't know if my brother watches this show or not. He probably doesn't. But he, at one time, he was one of the best NHL players in the world because you could play against each other online. 
And him and his his friend, they were, I think, top 10 in the world at one time. So think about if you could implement in a Bitcoin into video games, live video games, and think about how much money he would have made from that. Every time they won a game, 100 sats gets paid to them. And, you know, as much as I don't love that, the virtual stuff, I do believe that it will be a big part of our future. And sats will be the perfect way to facilitate that. And the reason why it doesn't work now is because our financial system does not allow for it. So think about how hard it would be for that to happen on our current existing financial system. You can't send two cents back and forth because it has to go through a bank. There has to be people touching that two cents, approving that two cents, and it's just not feasible. But with Lightning, it is. You can make micropayments. That's that's the key here for the video game industry is that Bitcoin allows for micropayments that the old system does not allow for. You can't send three cents, 10 cents, but you can send 100 sats, 1,000 sats instantly with technology that allows for it for like a spreadsheet. And if this happens, they get sats. I think they call it smart contracts on the in the altcoin world, but there are ways to do that. And this will only improve as we move along here. So the video game industry, I think, is a massive one that a lot of people are kind of bypassing. And the last one here is Bitcoin allows for a worldwide marketplace. So think about... I. I say this basically through all this, but it's the truth. Think about how much better this would be versus our current system. So right now, let's think about our golf company, King Golf. If I was looking online and I was looking for a graphic designer to de design us a new hoodie or a new logo, and there was a really great graphic designer in Malaysia or wherever, we'll go with Malaysia. Think about how difficult it would be for me to pay them. I would have to get their banking information. There's no e-transfers to from Canada to Malaysia. Think about how many different touch points that $100 would have to go through. I'd need their bank information. My bank would have to approve of it and allow me to send that money to Malaysia. They'd probably ask some questions. They might flag it as fraud. Think about all the different touch points there and fees coming off of that before it reached Malaysia. So that has historically closed off a lot of the world because of the friction there. But with Bitcoin, that's not the case. Anybody with a Bitcoin wallet, anybody with an internet connection. And the other part of that, sorry, just to go back to that, is we'd have to go through the conversion process. So I'd have to figure out how many Malaysian dollars they would want. They're not going to want Canadian dollars. We'd have to do an exchange there. Some party would get the fees off of that. And I'd have to figure out how much Malaysian dollars they need compared to Canadian dollars. So there's this conversion, there's fees. It would take probably a week to do. And we'd need the approval of both of our banks to allow us to facilitate that trade. Just notice this comment here. It's a great comment. Happy New Year. 15 AB. 
So with Bitcoin, you don't need that. It's peer-to-peer. -peer. That's what it was designed to do. Anyone with an internet connection, you can send, receive Bitcoin as long as you have a wallet. And there's no need for a conversion. I don't need to know how many Malaysian dollars are worth, Canadian dollars. Their price would be maybe 200,000 sats. If I'm good paying that, that's the end of it. It's a global currency with global demand, which creates a worldwide market. And as more and more things become digital, like services, like the ability for people to provide services from other parts of the world, this currency of the internet is the only thing that is missing in that. And I think those are two really good things to end today's show on is the video game industry and the, the worldwide market that Bitcoin is creating right now. Thoughts? <laughs> so I don't have an exact prediction. I did throw out a crazy one here. And like I said, that's over a very long timeline. If you look at the percentages here, increase. Oh, I'm not even on the screen here. Sorry about that. If you look at the percentage increases year to year versus the drops, over a long enough timeline, and we're right here, we're at $45,000 US. Okay, so that's our starting point for today. Historically, you can look at the percentages here, the increases. And you have to you have to factor in one more thing with that. Outside of all of these other things, which are going to increase the demand of Bitcoin that I talked about on the show. Maybe 1% of people understand Bitcoin and own Bitcoin. So even with all these percentages here that have happened for the last 15 years, there's still another 99% of people to figure this thing out. <laughs> so, I mean, we could see another 5,000% increase. And what would that be at our current price? It, seem, it seems really crazy to talk about $1 million Bitcoin, $100 million Bitcoin, but it's really not that crazy. And that's why I think that over time, we'll slowly move away from the Bitcoin price and we'll start focusing more on the price of sats because people will be more... And, and even think about people's mindset shift. If you change it from one Bitcoin costing $100 million to one sat costing $1. People's mentality, how we are trained, they would be much more enticed to buy one sat for $1 versus 0 0.000001 of a Bitcoin for $10. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Who bought the dip today? I did. They've been rare lately. And I think that... Uh, I think that it was a it was a fool's bet not to buy some Bitcoin today. So we're going to leave it there. I appreciate everybody joining us today. Lots of me talking. I apologize for that. Tomorrow, though, we are going to have our fifth Q&A, live Q&A. So I want people, if you're a, if you've been watching the show, if you've been enjoying the show, if you have any sort of questions about Bitcoin or otherwise, send them to 88sats, 88sats 
at proton.me. And we're going to zip through those tomorrow. Thursdays are my favorite day of the week. I love the Q&A, the live Q&A. And so if you have any questions, either leave a comment on this video or send a message, send an email to 88sats at proton.me. And we're going to get through all of those tomorrow. Haven't seen, I don't know if we've had any come in yet. So make sure that if you have anything, next week will be the, or tomorrow, not next week. This week will be the day to have those answered. So that is it. That is it. Make sure to press the like button. I saw before we came in here today that there's a couple likes in there. So I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody who's been tuning in, sending in questions, sharing this with friends, family. This is actionable and logical discussion for Bitcoiners and future Bitcoiners. So when people are going to be searching, Googling Bitcoin over the next couple of years, we want to point them in the right direction. So that's that's the case for today and tomorrow and every day. So we got a couple of questions I see. Oh, no. Sent you a PM. Rock roll. I was going to actually... Rock Roll says, what's your lighting address? Would like to donate some sats. Uh, maybe I'll put it on the screen here. But for anybody, I mean, that is the weird thing about how this whole system works right now. Is that uh, with, with YouTube and how the current incentives work for people. Is that you have to follow YouTube's rules. You have to play the algorithm. You have to have clickbait. And you have to have X amount of subscribers and viewers before even getting a fraction of a payment from YouTube. Even after being here, I don't know if that'll work or not. Probably not. The lightning address though is kinggolf at walletofsatoshi.com. K-N-G, golf, G-O-L-F, at walletofsatoshi.com. Don't feel like you have to, even the guy who asked, guy or girl who asked, don't feel like you have to, I would appreciate it. I do feel like the value uh, being provided here is going to be helpful to a lot of people getting into Bitcoin, but that's not the point. The point here is that we want to have the best information possible for people who are new to Bitcoin and growing together uh, as a community here. Um, okay, I can try to do that. Uh, King Golf at walletofsatoshi.com. I'll also put it in the description below. Um, if anybody wants to do that, that would be amazing. If not, don't definitely don't feel like you have to. That's not what uh, this is about. So anyways, if you have questions, though, make sure you get them in. We're going to run through that tomorrow, my favorite day of the week, Thursdays. I appreciate everybody being here. And uh, we'll see you first thing tomorrow morning for the Q&A. Have the best Wednesday, the best hump day of your life, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.